Saturday on these airwaves. My name's DTC, the voice of your valley. On Merced's News Talk Station, 107.3 FM, 1480 AM, KYOS. Come on. As you said. Yes, we do. Livingston. Atwater. All of the little communities up and down. And sideways. The 99 and the uh, roads that transverse. The uh, bumpy <laughs> the bumpy roads. Did you read where they're collecting record numbers? Record numbers of road taxes here in the county. Thank God we voted for those taxes. Oh, here we go. Yeah, we got to go out. Found a new CD. I'm going to play some songs here. Ah, welcome. Saturday morning, the 8 a.m. hour. April 16th, 2022. My name's Casey Steve, Citizen Watch. And we are here to talk about things going on in the community. It is Easter weekend. He is risen. It's a time of uh, renewal, of hope. Spring is uh, sprung, and as you know, it's looking to be a hot summer. Today is wonderful, having this rain, this, uh, this, this washing, this cleansing this morning. It's brisk. It's cool. It really is reflective of Easter and what this means to a lot of people. Not to everybody. I understand it's not everybody's cup of tea. I get it. But it's mine. And it is a time of renewal, a time of hope. From tragedy comes hope. From death comes birth. All of those things that we talk about and are so easy to forget, especially in a world that we live in now. We look around. I purposely don't talk about world events and things on this show because it's a, it's a local show, but you can't help but see the tragedy, the, the torment that's going on across the seas. It's, it's, just, it's, just, it's, just, um, it's just a time to reflect and to be hopeful and again, for renewal, for a rebirth. And uh, that's what this weekend's all about. So hopefully a lot of people will be out there with family and friends, having fellowship with one another, getting the kids out there, the Easter egg hunt. Some have already happened over there in Atwater. I think theirs was this past week. But today, rain or shine over there at Applegate Park, Kittyland, our favorite attraction here in the city of Merced for children. They're going to have their Easter egg hunt starting at 10 o'clock, so right after the show. And the bonus half hour, and uh, Dr. Bob, you can you can head on out there to Applegate Park. They're going to toddlers through three years old. Man, they're going to let everybody out there. 10 a.m. on the tennis court. Children, 4 to 7, uh, will be next to the tennis courts. 8 to 10, area next to the skate park. So it's, uh, it's really going to be neat. Candy-filled plastic eggs will be used for the Easter egg hunt because real eggs would be cost prohibitive. I tell you, the inflation, my word. Uh, let's see. There are going to be special prizes, all kinds of good things. So, again, uh, special thanks to Merced, Golden Valley, Atwater, and Livingston High School Key Clubs and Merced Police Explorer members that filled over, what's this, 5,000 plastic Easter eggs with candy and prizes? My shorts, that's a lot of, that is a lot of Easter eggs over there. They're going to be open uh, uh, Kittyland. 
Double your pleasure, double your fun. Not only is there an Easter egg hunt, but Kittyland that has all those great rides and the train. Don't forget the train. No, it's not the new county train. No, this train actually, <laughs> this train is actually running today and is going to be hauling uh, some passengers. Open until 2 p.m. today, following the egg hunt itself. So lots of things to do. One of the things I wanted to let folks know up there in the mountains, our friends in Mariposa. I think the signal reaches up that far sometimes. Depends if you pull it in. If you're in the, you know, facing the. <laughs> facing the transmitter, they're going to have the big rib feed, pork ribs. Now, let's clarify that because some people say, you know, is it beef or pork? Well, I personally prefer pork, but they're going to have the uh, pork ribs, my preference, up there today at the Stag Hall in Hornitos, historic Hornitos. If you've never been up to Hornitos, you really should go up there. A lot of folks don't know that's where Garadelli from chocolate fame got his start when he came to California from Italy. Sold tools to the miners. They had a general store up there. You can still see the remnants. Big plaque there. Uh, kind of a, what do they call those? A historical marker. Anyway, today, the Mariposa County Farm Bureau, a great organization, headed up by Danette Toso over there, also who just coincidentally is a candidate for supervisor, open seat, uh, going up, up against another person. Uh, both have thrown their hats in the ring. Anyway, uh, the Mariposa County Farm Bureau. People may not know that Mariposa County contributes $35 million to agriculture. And you would say, well, what do they got up there? Well, a lot of rangeland and a lot of cows and uh, beautiful scenery, but that doesn't bring in the bacon. But they do have $35 million contributing to total ag production here in the state. Their ranking is 49th, which again, hey, at least you're not 50th. And every little bid counts, doesn't it? Every little bit. That's what we hear at the station when it comes to sales. <laughs> Got that talk on Friday. Every little bid counts. Anyway, today, 4 to 7 p.m. at the Stag Hall, 2884 Bear Valley Road. Great time of year to get out, see some wonderful scenery up there in the foothills. Head on out Highway 59 out there past El Capitan High School. Past uh, with La Paloma, head on into the foothills. Make a right there when you go go through Snelling and then uh, over the Merced Falls Bridge. You'll have a just an absolutely wonderful drive up into Hornitos it's on Bear Valley Road. Lots to see up there. Again, $25 for a plate. You can buy a whole rack of ribs for $40. Not a bad deal. Tickets right there at the door. And again, you'll see all your family and friends. 4 to 7 p.m. Of course, the uh, the uh, with the Plaza Bar will be open. And if you've never been to the Plaza Bar, very, very interesting. The back bar actually came around the Horn of Africa through up to San Francisco and then stage uh, what wagon, I guess, over to uh, Hornito. So really a lot of history up there in the foothills, and you can enjoy that today, 4 to 7 p.m. I wanted to also mention when they had their enchilada feed a couple of months ago or a month or so ago, uh, they didn't let anybody inside Stag Hall because of the COVID restrictions. They were right, I think, a couple of days away from the ending of the restrictions, but that's not going to be a problem today. And of course, the Plaza Bar, back when they had the enchilada feed, nobody uh, nobody was closing that, and it was uh, pretty tight in there. So I thought that was kind of interesting. But today, again, should be one. And the weather, it's my understanding, looking at the uh, forecast, it's going to be clearing up in the afternoon. afternoon. So if you are so inclined, also the old-timer baseball game in Atwater, this is something, again, one of the service clubs, I believe, is putting on. Tom Legg, uh, I believe he was on Roger's show talking about it. Only $5 over there at Atwater. 
you can find out all about that. Let's see. You had some other notes here. Highway 99. I don't believe this. You can see when you go down some of the streets in Merced, the freeway overpasses because they're elevated and the traffic is usually moving along at a pretty good clip. You know, you just see a glimpse of a truck or a car. And uh, lately, it's uh, it's like a slow mo. You know, like at those uh, at the at the uh, you know the fair. You know, you shoot at the ducks; they go across real slow. It's 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 not uh, it's not uh, not going well over there on Highway 99. You know, a lot of complaints between here and Atwater with this construction. And one of the sad things about it, I think, especially when we talk about the record number of uh, road taxes collected here in the county recently that was revealed, I believe a hundred million dollars here in our little community. Uh, of Merced County, with you know 285,000 people, that's a, that's a lot of that's a lot of money. Anyway, the uh, the uh, the freeway won't even be three lanes through Merced. They're not widening the bridges per se. They're just rehabilitation difference uh, there and widening and rehabilitation. So uh, I guess going over Bear Creek as you go uh, north of town, that's a problem. You know, with environmental clearances and things like that, they don't have very similar, very similar to what you see over there on Highway 59 where you leave. The new Arco development over there on Highway 59 and Olive Avenue, traveling north, headed towards Snelling. Uh, those two little bridges. I mean, they're there. You talk about narrow. Trying to trying to fit into some skinny jeans. Those are uh, those are really tight bridges over there. And why? Well, I guess they're working on it, but it just takes time. So again, record taxes, but uh, not necessarily seeing the results. And don't get me started on the roads, the potholes, that sort of thing. We're really lucky we haven't had more rain. Or it would be worse than it is. The water really tears it up. And and just digressing here for a minute, going to the creek, I really think there should be a better city and county cooperation in the maintenance uh, and repair of the bike paths along Bear Creek, all the way from the Walmart, you know, where, wherever they originate the terminus on both ends. McKee Road seems to be the terminus right now. Hopefully someday those will be extended uh, out to the new campus parkway linking up with the alternative transportation uh, that that that, that, uh, corridor will offer. And uh, I don't know if that's being looked at now, but what we have, we need to maintain. And we should have to look no further than the failed uh, little 8-inch corrugated pipe over there at Oleander, which is still not fixed. Now, I, I understand the city's working on it. I read the staff report to everybody a few months ago. The money, you know, 60, 70,000 just for the consultant uh, to, you know, do some samples, uh, apply for the permits. That's not the, the cost of the permits, the cost of the construction. No, it's going to, it'll be a half a million bucks to repair 30 feet of, uh, of, 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 of a pipe over there just to, you know, when it, when it does rain. But meanwhile, you have to go around out into the street, out into Northeast, Southwest Bear Creek, however they, they call that thing over there, right by Oleander. It's just terrible. And having ridden that bike path recently and a lot, you notice the disrepair in areas. Now, there are some areas that are really good. I mean, they are just top-notch for a Class 1 bike path. But there are some areas over there through Strip Park between M and G. It is, uh, it is a, little, a little rough. A little rough. I don't care how much padding you have on your seat. It's rough, okay? And the roots and this and that and why they don't go over there and repair these items before they become... Uh, you know, a failure, and then it has new construction. Because, again, the permit process, this sort of thing, is just a big deal, okay? So if you go over there and repair, repair, that's the key word, guys, repair, you know, maintain, you know, we're taking care of things, you know, we're maintaining. I don't know why we don't do more of that. And then we wouldn't have these failures, like we have this one little pipe. 
you know, when you drive down there, you see where they've marked out all the other pipes. There's like 35 of them. So if, if this is what it takes for one, you know, help us, Lord, if we have to have more than, uh, you know, two or three of these fail in a, in a lifetime, you won't be able to use this bike path. And I think this bike path should be as the Bear Creek Yacht Club wants to make it a destination. You know, their purpose is my understanding, and I could be wrong, and I'm not speaking for them, is, is my understanding is to not only clean up and keep the creek and its, its water, the, you know, the Bear Creek area nice, but to make it somewhere that people want to go. And, and it is somewhere that people want to go now, and it can be even more so. And I think that we should take care of those pathways, the asphalt. There should be some, uh, not necessarily chip sealing, but the cracks need to be taken care of, the weed abatement along the side. Plus, I think there should be lighting. I think there should be some solar-powered LED lighting, standalone units that you could have periodically, more benches, places where people could sit down. I really think that you could make bypass. Merced uh, or uh, Bear Creek bike path uh, really could be a destination. So anyway, that's just my two cents from having been on the bike path recently. You know, you sometimes forget uh, how these are. And that's not the only one. The ones through Ferrens Creek, some of these other areas, they need a little love too. And the reason it needs to be city and county cooperation because the county owns the bike path and it runs through the city. So this is one of the problems. It's when the county let the uh, permit lapse Years ago, a couple of years ago, to take care of the vegetation uh, through the creek area. They've, they're in the process. Maybe they've got that now. I don't know. But anyway, these kind of things, again, preventative. Le- learn. Let's learn from that failed pipe over there at Oleander that you have to go out into the street, take your life into your hands when you just want to continue on your little recreational ride. It shouldn't be some sort of uh, obstacle course. Okay, we're out, of, we're out of the first segment. They go quick, don't they? I'll rattle on for another two more, and then we'll go into the bonus half hour. My name's Casey Steed, the voice of your valley. On Merced's News Talk Station, 107.3 FM, 1480 AM, KYOS, from the Matt Serato Party Mix. Saturday morning, returning from the break. My name's Casey Steed, the voice of your valley. Merced's uh, News Talk Station, 107.3 FM. You know, Matt left this tape here, and uh, I think he used to have it there in the party van. You know, the city has a party van. Or no, it's not a party van. They want a party van. Matt wants a party party limo, actually, I guess. You know, maybe go to Reno. Who knows? But uh, they have this party trailer. They never really got a chance to use it. Oh, we got to get out of this segment. What are we going to play next? Oh, Dave Luna has a staff. Did I tell you? Mm, yeah, there's Barry. A little Barry, baby. Uh, who doesn't love Barry White? Anyway, uh, he's not with us anymore, unfortunately. But his music lives on. Anyway, they have a party trailer. The city bought. It was kind of an offshoot from a cleanup they had over there in Loughborough area. 
uh, after uh, I think Matt was still Mayor Serrato was still a councilman. I forget. I forget. It's forgettable. Anyway, the point is they've never really got a chance to use it. So maybe now with the COVID being over, because if you didn't know, it's over. That's right. It's COVID-free Studio C. And we can say the city is in the same situation. I don't see. There are still some people wearing their masks. Uh, I don't know why. But anyway, this co- this uh, party trailer, the party trailer, you get it. You get the Celia's. You get the balloons. You get all of the things that a party is. I think there's a snow cone machine. And I'm not kidding, folks. A snow cone machine. A uh, what else is there? I don't know if I don't know if former Mayor Murphy gave up his snow cone machine. I'll tell you that was a popular event. The Mayor's snow cone machine always ran out of bubblegum. And then they have a pop. I think there's a popcorn machine in there. Churros. They have it all. They have it all. And uh, you can you can rent or get this. I think it's free. This party trailer and bring it to your neighborhood and have a party. And I hope more and more people do that. But they do have a little. They have some music in there, and again, I think this tape, this tape slipped out. But we'll uh, we'll continue down the hits. I mentioned Dave, Dave Luna, the big Kahuna. You know, he's coming in at five o'clock. He comes in every Saturday at five. Sits here. People don't realize he does he does the show live. He, he's he's that committed to it. Uh, cruising with the big Kahuna. I think in his promos he says, "Fill the tank, and let's go right." You may not be able to fill the tank, folks, but do the best you can. A couple of gallons. You know, $60, $70, see what you can do, and cruise with the Big Kahuna tonight, 5 to 6 o'clock here on these stations. Uh, what were we t- talking about before the break? I think we were talking about the rib feed in Mariposa. Kind of ran that out. Oh, no, Highway 99 commute. Easter, because of the recession, uh, most kids are only going to be able to look for one egg out there in the yard. We're not going to make a dozen? Are you kidding me? That's a lot of eggs. Let's see. Extra day to pay. Oh, that's right. You know, usually taxes are on April 15th, but because it's Good Friday and it's a wonderful excuse to take a three-day weekend if you're in government, they decided that Monday, the 18th, is the day that you have to file your taxes, i.e. the postage. You know, it's got to be, what do they call that, postmark. Just like property taxes were this Monday. Because again, April 10th was the uh, delinquency day. Oh, you forgot. April 10th was the delinquency date for that second installment uh, for your property taxes. That's the privilege to own property in America. Uh, You need to pay about 1% of the value every year to the government or more. And that was due April 10th. But because it was a Sunday, it moved to April 11th. Well, same thing with your IRS, your extension. So if you forgot to file, you know, you want to do the extension, which I think will take you out to... I don't know, what is it, August or something like that? I am no tax man, and I don't even pretend to be one. The tax code is very hard. But you have until the 18th. So, again, don't forget. And then Tax Freedom Day this year. I had that in my notes a couple of notes back, but it's too, you wouldn't believe my notes. Anyway, I forget what day it is, but it's after you pay your taxes just to uh, make you feel comfortable. And what Tax Freedom Day is, that means all the, the amount of time you work in a year to pay your, to pay your fair share. To pay your fair share. Uh, I wanted to let folks know, I did receive a call from a listener about advanced airlines. And this is the air service here in Merced, the city of Merced, that it's kind of gone back and forth. Uh, Good, bad, or, uh, you know, what's that movie? The Good, the Bad, the Ugly. All of the different things uh, in a Clint Eastwood Western 
have gone on with Advance and the former carrier Boutique. Boutique Airlines. Like we have a boutique hotel, but no, they're not connected. It's just a word. And that's the El Capitan, if you didn't know. That's a boutique hotel, they call it. So Boutique Airlines was the old air carrier out there at the Merced McCready Field. I think we call it the uh, Yosemite Merced Regional Transportation Hub, International Trade District. We have our own engine. We don't have a train out there yet, but maybe someday. Anyway, they uh, went from Boutique. This is the EAS, Essential Air Service. When you're a little, uh, well, when you're a smaller demo, as Merced is, it's hard to attract the big the big guys. You know, American Airlines, Delta, United. You know, it's hard to attract Qantas. You know, uh, who Alaska. You know, it's hard to hard to get those airlines here. So they have to subsidize heavily subsidize those carriers that would come into a small market like this, and and hence you get the boutiques, the advanced airs, and that sort of thing. So anyway, I received a call from a listener who uh, very interested in talking about advanced air, and I and I will get back to you. I promise. But uh, it's interesting, um, you know, there's, there's two sides to every story, as they say, and some people who have wanted uh, to see Boutique come back or, or like the service they offered, the schedule they offered, uh, Advanced offers uh, a lot of things also that Boutique didn't. Uh, safety is uh, one thing, and I don't know, maybe that matters to people or not, but realize too, and I, and I don't know, again, I'll, I'll bring more of this later, that the TSA clearance is one of the things that folks have complained about and some folks like that they don't have it because it makes it easier to make your connections once you get on the other end because you don't have to go through this rigmarole that we're so used to now that we didn't used to have to go through before when there was a little more trust in our fellow man, which has been almost completely eliminated at this point. But the point is they don't have their TSA uh, clearance. It was spo- It's supposed to happen this month. Now, I could be talking out of school here, and they may have it by now, but they uh, weren't able to go into some of these sterile areas uh, where people that do have their TSA clearances. And basically, when you get on the plane here in Merced, there's no uh, you know metal detector, nothing like that. You just kind of, you know, we trust everyone. I'm, I'm sure there's, I don't know, maybe there's a pat down? I don't know. So uh, the advanced air saga does continue, and we'll bring that to you. I believe it's a four-year contract with uh, some uh, renewal potentials in that. Let's see. What else are we talking about? Oh, we were talking about the Bear Creek bike path. We already talked about that jewel. That jewel. Oh, speaking of the Bear Creek bike path, the Yacht Club, because they do do a lot of cleanups, as you know. And in May, I believe it's coming up in May, they're going to have a candidates in the creek. Hopefully there won't be any uh, flooding going on because they want to get the candidates down there, kind of show them what's going on, some of the issues. And, of course, you know, we've talked about on the show the Bear Creek uh, Bridge at McKee, the bridge over Bear Creek at McKee, and the uh, continual perennial problem, the everyday, the ongoing problem of the homeless, the transients, living underneath the bridge and uh, polluting the waterway, leaving their trash committing whatever uh, whatever they're doing under there, really shouldn't be doing, posted, you know, four brand new signs. They've cleaned it up a couple of weeks ago, right back in there the same night. It's quasi-comical, but uh, the Bear Creek Yacht Club, again, making that effort, uh, continual effort, and I think uh, that persistent, persistence does pay off. 
It's just how persistent do you have to be? And I think in some of these cases, a daily basis. But something that happened Monday that was a big, big, big news, and I know this is not uh, isn't going to be news for some people, but the G Street on-ramp, that's right, G and 13th, has been completely cleaned one end to the other, and it looks like well, it looks like an on-ramp. I mean, it's hard, hard to believe, you know, how you get used to the blight. Uh, you know, it's kind of like the mass, right? The kids, they're, they're more used to the mass than the adults. They're like, hey, what's the big deal? You know, we can hide behind these things. Nobody has to see us. But the uh, G Street on-ramp, that's something that has been just an eyesore for a long, long time. And they cleaned it up, what, a year ago? I don't know. I lose track of time. Eight, nine months ago, I talked about how cruel it was to uh, uproot all those folks. You know, the hierarchy that must have existed there in that little community. You know, it's uh, they probably had a mayor. They probably had a, a city. I don't know what they had. You know, they probably had all kinds. They definitely didn't have trash service, but they, they had a lot of things going on there, a lot of structures. Everybody was kind of situated where they wanted to be. They obviously, uh, I don't know, did they want to be there or do we allow them there? But anyway, now they cleaned it up again. And the structures they built this time, hoochie-wawa, it looked like you were at a swap meet or something. I mean, it was just, you know, one tent after another, after another, after another. You know, they, they could have had uh, trash service at this point. Well, I think they did, didn't they? Once it wasn't the city paying Caltrans to haul out the trash. I mean, how far have we degraded? But anyway, they cleaned it up, and now it is bare dirt, wet dirt, as I speak, because it's been raining. I'll tell you, it's been raining here pretty steady since we've been recording the old shoe here. But uh, it, it, it's just amazing how they've cleaned it up. And the question I have is, will it stay that way? We obviously have the will. We have the willpower to clean these things up. We have the willpower to take back the property that belongs to everybody to make it a safe passageway so that if something happens, somebody getting on the on-ramp, they're not going to run into somebody sleeping, you know, three feet away in a in a harbor freight uh, tarp tent. You know, I, I, I just don't understand where we've, we've degraded this far. Now, I understand they offered services to these folks, and out of 100 and some, 20 took it. You know, my MCOA math, that's what, almost 20%. So that's good. That's better than the two that took it before or the, you know, the one or two that uh, took it from underneath the Bear Creek Bridge. But there, I don't think there's a shortage of services now. We've committed millions and millions, hundreds, hundreds of millions of dollars in this county to homeless housing and programs over the years and permanent supportive housing, this new buzzword. We, we've committed money to that. And I think to allow that encampment to go back in, which again, there's been no talk. <laughs> Because I think we all know the answer, right? I mean, I'm just hopeful. I'm talking, uh, I'm, I'm hopeful that they won't allow the encampment to go back in. But I, uh, I don't think that that's really the plan. Again, it's uh, where are you going to put these folks? And does that beg the question that we really need to start talking about a campsite? I know there was some recent uh, court cases about cities and what they offered. One city wanted to put everybody out on an airport tarmac, a runway, you know, the the west end of the field that nobody uses, you know, maybe, uh, you know, uh, but, but that's, that's, that's not shelter. And so you have to read these rulings and you have to be careful. But again, if you offer the shelter, if you offer the services, which we've done in so many places, do we have to have it spread out all over the city? And that's been the problem in the past is nobody wants it in their neighborhood. Who wants a homeless camp in their neighborhood, any, anywhere even close, but there are, there are places in my mind that I think it would work better specifically 
and then not to pick on a district, but out in the airport area, out by Wardrobe Avenue, where the services are, where HSA is. And again, if it was tightly controlled, I think it's better than what we have at 13th and G, what we just cleaned up, that we shouldn't allow go back, and that we see too often in too many places here in Merced, specifically along Bear Creek, underneath the bridges, Farron's Park, Applegate Park. I, you know, there's some guy camped out by the zoo there. I mean, it's what... It's unbelievable what we allow to happen. So we, I, I think we should learn from these instances that we can take back these public areas. And if we have a need to provide it, if there are folks that are service resistant, whatever the new buzzword is, I think we should, I can't believe how quick these segments go. I think we should look at having an area, a singular area where these folks can live. I know it's been tried in Modesto. I know there's been failures, but... I don't know. We, we just can't go back to 13th and G. That is not a Chamber of Commerce moment when you're getting on the freeway or you're transversing to that side of town. It just is. It's inhumane. Well, we're out of the second segment, Citizen Watch, Saturday morning. My name's Casey Steve, the voice of your valley on Merced's News Talk Station 107.3 FM, 1480 AM, KYOS. Let's go out with the Matt Serato party mix, a little Barry White. What can I say? What am I going to do? How should I feel with everything in you? What kind of love is this that you give me? Is it in your kiss or just because you're sweet? Girl, all I know is every time you're here, I feel a change. Something moves. I scream your name. Look what you got to do with darling eyes. single Saturday. I can't get enough of you guys. So happy that you're here with me every Saturday sharing in the fellowship we have. My name's Casey Steve, the voice of your valley on Reset's News Talk Station, 107.3 FM. 1480 AM KYOS. Today is April 16th, 2022. You know, without listeners, I'm just talking into a carbon pile here in front of a window with Scooby-Doo. Couldn't do it without you. I really couldn't. You mean so much to me, every one of you. I know sometimes we forget a little bit this time of year. Renewal, the birth, a little rain here, the spring day through the first quarter. It just, uh, I don't know, just a time to reflect. Time to reflect, my friends. Let's see. We got to get out. I tell you, there's so many things to do. Let me see what's in the Matsurato party mix. Oh, yeah, a little berry. Mm, practice what you preach. That's right. Here we are. Well, we try to uh, we try to bring you some original content. We were going to hopefully have the uh, Mer- Merced Irrigation District, John Swigert, the, uh, the, head, the head guy over there. And uh, he was very busy this week, but we're hoping, working with his people, you know, because he has people. And they are trying to get him in here next week so we can bring you an hour uh, three three great segments, instead of just me rattling on, really some good content. Because John, I'll tell you, he knows everything about water, and the State Water Board has not been nice to us. Very, 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 very uh, nasty to us, what they're doing. Just doing what we, uh, just doing what we thought they were going to do all the time, which is basically what they wanted. What they told us they were going to do. 
initially. You know, these folks are uh, pretty, you know, they telegraph really well what they're going to do ahead of time. And we, uh, we did a lot of, uh, you know, a lot of gyrations, a lot of, a lot of uh, efforts. I rode the train up there to Sacramento. Beautiful ride, you know, on the Capitol steps and protested what the water board was going to do. And of course, we had the rally here in Merced Theater, all the iron, the old iron, new iron that was brought by the farmers. And now we're seeing the effects. And this little, uh, this little, <laughs> you know, it's nice today, but uh, is this really going to add? Are we going to get, you know, that three-acre feet that we're not getting this year from MID? No. But it helps. Every little bit helps, as they, as they said in the sales meeting this past week. Every little bit helps, and you need to add. And that's why impoundment, some of these things uh, that are so important, and important uh, to our water supply, to our critical infrastructure and when we talk about investing money the district the merced irrigation district as well as other districts uh, i kind of stumble here the modesto irrigation district of course the stanislaw uh irrigation district up there you know a lot of uh, tid a lot of these uh, folks have uh, had to commit significant amounts of money in the form of legal action and legal representation and uh, really enforcing their rights uh, getting people to to uh, listen to what uh, what we have to say it's it's just it's just really frustrating and when you're a uh, uh, pr- privately uh, pr- public private en- entity as MID uh, is and and funded by the ratepayers by the members of the district it becomes very very expensive very onerous and you just wonder is it just a, a war of attrition or are they just trying to wear you down so we're going to get hopefully those updates from. Uh, the 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 head the head guy John Swigert with the Merced Irrigation District and really appreciate him coming in because he's very very busy and to spend time with us is uh, just wonderful. Uh, let's see, just reading through the notes here, so many things. We're going to get into some uh, politics stuff here in a minute. Benny the Super Canine. You know, I talk about uh, this police dog, uh, CHP California Highway Patrol drug dog canine, uh, which means uh, you know canine. A dog. And he is just a wonderful dog. And I read the stories, and I have a little fun with them when I read them on the uh, Merced County News, 6 o'clock news, which if you miss, it's at 6 o'clock every day, 6 a.m., 6 p.m. That's why we call it the 6 o'clock news, so there's no confusion other than the time. But Benny the Super Canine, I've talked about it quite a while, and he was on Roger's show a couple of weeks ago, and I I wanted to talk about this, and I just didn't get a chance. But I am now. Uh, They brought the dog in to the studio and it was so much fun you know with, with the covid we haven't had any in studio guests except for Kristen sullivan and maybe one other person i would slips my mind but benny the super canine came in along with his handler and a couple of folks from the chp and it's really kind of a you know you can't really uh publicize this too much well you know when it's happening it's almost like a you know presidential visit because believe it or not folks i know this is going to be hard for some of our some of our, uh, you know, more, uh, you know, uh, younger listeners, I know, tender, maybe tender sort, that there are people that would love to see this dog not around. And his handler uh, and he, when you're, when they're behind you, when they're behind a, you know, a load of, uh, of dope, of drugs, of money from the uh, cartel or organized crime, that really, you know, gets into their bottom line. You know, they kind of, they kind of resent that. So this dog to me is a hero. For what they're doing, the interdiction out there in our community, getting this death and destruction off of our streets in the form of fentanyl, methamphetamine, 
the pills, and of course the proceeds from that, because this dog also sniffs out money. And he's very, very, very successful. Uh, I could go on and on about statistics and all of these different things, but you hear them when I talk about it on the news. But the point is, is I got to see this dog in the flesh. Now, he's a German Shepherd, and I have two German Shepherds. Now, they're nothing like Benny, because Benny is a super canine. And I can tell you that this dog was just hands down, the just amazing, an amazing animal. And uh, it's, 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 it's an officer of the law. It's, it really, it's just, they should have more of these. I think there's not many, a handful, a couple of handfuls. It's not like there's 200 dogs out there. No, it's very, very, very few. And they could use all they could have because talking uh, to some of the folks that were around this problem out there on our freeways, on our roadways with the hauling of drugs and these, and, and I'm talking the really hard stuff, folks. I'm not talking about the marijuana I'm not talking about the truck and trailer, you know, 80,000 pounds of marijuana. Quite frankly, uh, they kind of overlook that. They're, they're looking for the, the, uh, the mules that are handling the fentanyl, the uh, methamphetamine, the cocaine, the heroin, the, the really, uh, you know, the high, high value. Not to say that marijuana is not, but it's bulky. And when you get into impoundments and things like that, you have to be realistic. And you have to look at the societal attitudes, especially when you're you know, pulling over a semi and a, right off the freeways, the marijuana dispensary, you know, the Green Cross, the compassionate care, all of those things. Because, again, California, uh, they're a leader in so many ways, aren't we? Anyway, the point is, is the really hard drugs that are going up and down our freeways and really cause a lot of the problems. When you look at these homeless camps and some of these places underneath the McKee Road Bridge, they're there doing the fentanyl. They're there shooting the methamphetamine. They're there doing the heroin. They're on the horse. They're on the... You know, they're riding the white pony. It's terrible. It's absolutely terrible. And we've gotten to a point in our city where we actually hand them needles to be compassionate so they don't get something worse like hep C or cause some uh, some horrible outbreak. And it's just, <laughs> I don't know. We've really, I think we've slipped down that slippery slope. But anyway, Benny is uh, is there, and it's just a game to him. And it's just amazing to watch the training of the dog. I got to play with him a little bit, his toy which is, uh, you know, you know how dogs like to play the tug-of-war and this and that. And it was just so much fun, uh, the handler, to let me play uh, with the dog. Got down, got some great pictures. It's just, it's just so much fun, and it just really warms your heart. I have a soft spot in my heart uh, for three things, and one of them is animals, uh, children, and uh, people uh, that uh, are disabled uh, mentally and physically. I, I, just, I just really, uh, you know... And the animals, uh, to see Benny up close, it was just it was just really a lot of fun. So I want to thank uh, the California Highway Patrol, Eric Zuniga. I, I, I was so excited uh, when they brought Benny in. And you can bring Benny in anytime. I would say almost the best guest we've ever had. No, I'm teasing a little bit. But I'm not. Okay, here we are, Saturday morning. I want to talk about in our favorite newspaper, our favorite newspaper, the Merced County Times, April 14th edition. You can always get it early over there at the Bell Station, a little secret, about midnight. If you're lucky, if somebody hasn't robbed the box over there, raided the box and taken all the, the early editions Thursday, uh, early Thursday morning, almost Wednesday night. You know, you always get confused. You know, midnight, it's the a.m., p.m. morning. I don't know. I'm usually in bed by 7. This uh, front page below the fold, former Supervisor Nelson announces run for a mayor of Atwater. Now, this is kind of big news, folks, because... Everybody knows uh, former supervisor Mike Nelson, 
Uh, he was a, a former Sid County supervisor and a firefighter, which I didn't realize that. And he launched his campaign to become Atwater's next mayor. 64-year-old Nelson uh, served the community in a variety of roles over the past three decades. Uh, chairman of the Atwater Planning Commission. His priorities going into Atwater uh, mayor, mayoral race is economic growth, public safety, government transparency, uh, transparency, and accountability. And as you know, John Cale has thrown his hat in the ring, his derby, in the ring for mayoral position because Paul Creighton uh, is not going to be seeking a second term. He's in his first term. Actually got out of his, uh, did not, when I say got out, he uh, ran for mayor and still had part of his term to serve as councilman. And this is where John Cale was appointed to his remaining term after he has, uh, assumed the mayoral position. I like hearing the article, God bless, who wrote this? Whitaker, Jonathan Whitaker, the uh, reporter. He goes, at one point last year, this is further in the article, at one point last year, Creighton announced he was running for the Board of Supervisors, but then back down. That's right, back down. Old Darren McDaniel, Dayron, you know, probably probably there was a Buffy sighting, I don't know, you know, something. <laughs> I'll tell you, you don't want to go against, uh, that's right, Buffy, she's tough. So he backed down, but then he backed down. I guess he decided not to run. He had, he had announced going up against Darren McDaniel. Uh, the current supervisor, but he decided to just get out of politics and, uh, you know, spend more time with the family, which is admirable. Again, you know, I don't think this politic political thing should be a, a career necessarily. But anyway, uh, Mike Nelson, he's going to, uh, he's been out of the game for a while. You know, he was a, a two-term county supervisor. But let, let me read uh, from the article here why he feels he would be a better choice, I guess, because he's running against John Cale, right? And again, John Cale has two more years still left on the city council. So for those that don't want to see John Cale leave the city council, he's still going to be there for two more years, no matter what may happen. Uh, Mike, excuse me, uh, former Supervisor Nelson says in the article, I don't see a sense of urgency at City Hall. I've been chairman of the Planning Commission for three years. The general plan, the blueprint on how the city grows expired in 2020. I've been asking for three years, when are we going to update the general plan? While we are finally getting some momentum, the wheels have been turning really slow. Meanwhile, people want to move to Atwater. Developers want to build housing and commercial projects. But we have to have an updated general plan for that to happen. Atwater government and its leaders can't afford to be complacent. Our need now is to sustain the progress and expand economic opportunities for all of our residents. Atwater can't afford to backslide and return to the kind of policies that got us into trouble in the first place. And this is uh, words of a savant as far as this general plan. And it's just unexcusable that it has not been started before now. I know that Councilman Kale mentioned this a few months ago, and I made note of it on this show, that it was the first time I had heard it burped, the word general plan Atwater, burped in a city council meeting for years and this isn't something that they haven't known about i was at a study session over there at the senior center i think there was two or three citizens there and Alinda dash was one of them and the general plan update was one of the huge issues because you cannot annex one 
a square inch of land into the city of Atwater until you have this done. And it, it expired two years ago. And there's no, and it doesn't just happen overnight. You just don't take a piece of paper and, you know, start uh, scratching out a general plan. No, it's a little more intense than that. Hey, you know, we're getting out of, I can't believe it. We're getting out of time here for the, uh, well, for the hour. We got to go. You're going to have to, we're going to have to pick this up in the bonus half hour after the break. My name's Casey Steed. We're not wasting any time, Barry. We're out of time. That's the problem. Uh, Anyway, uh, my name's Casey Steed, the voice of your valley on Merced's News Talk Station. 107.3 107.3 FM, 1480 KYOS, 1480 AM KYOS. Stick with us through the break. If you're not, uh, well, you can always catch us on the internet. Or you can stick with us through the break. All right, we'll see you later. Bye-bye. Say there's a lesson you want to teach. Well, here I am, baby. Practice what you